My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope, let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back, respected listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM with your host, Muhammad Sheikh. Um, in our segment uh, this uh, this time, inshallah, um, we will focus on our profile interview of some some person, subhanallah, um, you know, I, I actually become uh, astounded to actually provide an acute description, but somebody who has been responsible for groundbreaking research in terms of the medical field and somebody who has given great, uh, great amounts of service towards the community in uh, South Africa. And subhanallah, uh, you know, without uh, trying to describe as much as I can in my, um, uh, you know, inaccurate uh, words, we'd like to welcome on our Program born to serve this evening, Doctor Ridwan Mia. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. We thank you so much for taking the time and effort uh, you know, to inspire us today, Doctor. Perhaps walk us through your journey growing up. Were you genetically encoded with being um, becoming a medical doctor someday or through leadership? Was it something which life experiences contributed to? Uh, kindly enlighten us. <laughs> Uh, well, I think I come from humble beginnings. I was born in Indonesia, where my mm-hmm. parents lived at that time, and mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in Johannesburg. And uh, both my parents were quite community inclined. Uh, they still very much are very socially active. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're always uh, chasing after causes, looking after the poor and indigent. And they've both been very active in terms of charities for the disabled, uh, physically and mentally disabled, and always did uh, a bit of work around, uh, you know, people who were ill, uh, not mm-hmm. only physically but mentally so as well. And I think that kind of channeled my siblings and I in that direction. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I, I had an uncle um, in the town of my king, where, where my, my great-grandparents and uh, grandparents were from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a, a general practitioner, but uh, a true general practitioner in, in a little town where he, uh, you know, he practiced from a day clinic and did a little bit of anesthetics and a little bit of surgery and a little bit of psychiatry and, mm-hmm. you know, all the little specialities as you, as you do get because you don't get specialists in these areas. And uh, growing up, I was fortunate enough, alhamdulillah, to have witnessed him uh, practice in, 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 in those fields. Mm-hmm. And he often invited me to assist him. And as I grew older and went to high school and went to medical school to be his assistant in theater and so on. And I think that left a very good impression and kind of guided me along the way uh, to the course that I took eventually. Subhanallah. Um, amazing indeed. You know, coming from a background where uh, parents were the, um, you know, the icon of your, your growing up and your nurturing, etc. You know, doctor, I take, I take great inspiration from many things that you've accomplished, subhanallah, being a medical student myself. But there's something that really, um, you know, really um, uh, makes me feel, uh, you know, inspired amongst most of the things. 
is the fact that uh, we came across a um, a, a poster of uh, University of Witwatersrand illustrious alumni and subhanallah you know um, taken from your your Facebook page and you know there was something that really stood out of there uh, you know the words i quote i'm indeed humbled thank you to my parents for sending me there and thank you to the university subhanallah acknowledging your parents towards your success what has what role have they played you know towards your journey in medical school and beyond no, alhamdulillah i'm very grateful to allah for being brought up in a home uh, by my parents and being given the parents i've been given alhamdulillah uh, you know they i think uh, both being uh, very grounded people and mm-hmm. very uh, genuine people in their outlook and uh, and they both always a, a very appreciative sentiment uh, mm-hmm. for what they have and uh, you know not not only materially but what they experience as well and they've always inculcated the idea uh, as you know from our hadith that we uh, you know the best of you is he who who benefits mankind Absolutely. and that's something both my parents have repeated to us many times over the years and i think to a large extent they've, they've always um, try to inculcate a spirit of hard work mm-hmm. uh you know there was always a strong ethos towards studying and yes. uh, and academics uh but at the same time to put it into practice uh to benefit uh, people around you mm-hmm. and and that would be the true the true result you know to be to aim for so alhamdulillah i think that for the most part has been the guiding spirit oh alhamdulillah uh doctor when your hands are not getting uh involved on the surgical table you find yourself um you know f- uh infiltrating the hearts of our current matriculants and future bright stars in in the form of um uh you know certain some projects which you uh run and in particular project distinction uh kindly enlighten us about the the role that you play in project distinction Yes, I am uh, designated as the so-called brand ambassador for Project Distinction. Um, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what the term means. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> essentially, uh, what the project is, is it, it really um, uh, attracted my attention and uh, something that I, my heart is very close to, and that's education, uh, particularly for people who can't afford to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we find in South Africa <laughs> is that we have many learners who are... uh you know they don't have proper motivation or they don't have enough hope or there's not enough um stimulus around them to yes. incentivize them to do well in an academic environment mm-hmm. and we have so much in the media and so much in our communities that say academic pursuit is not going to get you anywhere uh, mm-hmm. look at all the amounts of people that have dropped out of school etc that have been successful you know things of that nature Mm-hmm. we have uh, children being exposed to unsavory things like drugs and alcohol yes, uh you know all the things <coughs> that take them away from achieving academically because ultimately that's what grows communities that have helped countries in fact when people educate themselves and mm-hmm. do so effectively so what we did was uh with project distinction it was a way of taking ourselves out of that mold of being armchair critics you know uh we all become very good critics at the end of the year when mm-hmm. we hear the metric results we all sit down and we say it's the government's fault it's the uh it's fault it's the education department's fault it's the learners themselves you yes, know but indeed. none of us actually get up and do something so we thought well here's a chance to literally put our money where our mouths were mm. and we we got the local business communities involved in each of the areas and we said to them look Here's a chance to stop being an armchair critic. Here's a chance actually to do something positive. Let's incentivize uh, these children to do well. So there's 
there's a twofold benefit. Yes. The one is that during the year we go out to the schools um, and we take along, I take along friends and colleagues and mm. you know, people in the, uh, whether they come from a sporting background or an entertainment background or uh, academic background, someone that will inspire children to do well and to see the results of hard work and achievement. And we help to motivate them. And how we do that is, is by giving them our own stories, but also to incentivize them about what they could achieve. And then we uh, give them rewards at the end of that year. So the top achievers in each school, for example, will receive a bursary mm-hmm. uh, to university that they get into, okay. as well as uh, they get spending money, they get laptops, they get 3G cards, they get cell phones. MashaAllah. The is to... Um, you know, the second benefit of it is once they get to university, is how do we keep them there? Mm. And what, what do we give them? What resources can we give them yes. to make sure that these learners uh, stay effective students and that we, we reduce the dropout rate, mm. of, of uh, especially children from underprivileged backgrounds? So yes, we give them whatever they need to, uh, firstly, to be able to afford lunch in the middle of the day so mm. their brains keep working so they can be good students. Yes, indeed. And then... At the same time, also to have equipment necessary like a laptop and internet access and so on, so that they can be effective students. So the, the twofold benefit comes from from a project like Project Distinction. Alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. uh, I must say we we were just around the Johannesburg area up to now for the last four years. Indeed. And uh, as of today, we've actually gone into Pretoria. We've we've actually just come back from a school in Lodium, uh, the Himalaya uh, Secondary School, mm-hmm. uh, which has now been included, and and we had. Um, we had uh, Yusuf Abramji from Lead SA with us as well uh, okay. to help spearhead the project. Hmm, subhanallah, uh, inspiring, inspiring indeed. You know the community work and um, you know the great role towards uh, creating a brighter future for our future leaders of tomorrow. Subhanallah, uh, Doctor. Let us focus maybe a little bit more about uh, you know your particular. Um, uh, you know your career and and uh, your particular research and uh, surgery which you have um, you know rendered and subhanallah I think most of our listeners are eager to to hear about inshallah so perhaps if doctor could share you know the 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 essence behind uh, you know many years oh, subhanallah not many years ago uh, not a while not a long while back uh, you know the groundbreaking um, uh, surgery that was um, you know uh, done onto little uh, pipi kriya and subhanallah doctor had been the 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 uh, project manager if I could call it and the driving factor behind this entire success kindly share with us moments from from that surgery. Um, yes, um, so what it, what it was, was um, it had happened over New Year's Eve from 2011 going into 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, young Kruger was uh, two and a half years old back then. Mm. And the family were having a braai. And unfortunately, a can of uh, fire lighting gel mm. uh, caught fire in the braai as the father was, was restoking the flames. And um, that gel had exploded and flew in the air. Allah she was standing Allah. about three meters away. And unfortunately, that gel caught onto her body, got her clothes on fire, and the nature of that gel is to continue burning. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it unfortunately stuck to her body and burnt and, and burnt her so badly that 80% of her body surface area, unfortunately, was, was, was full thickness, uh, was burnt to full thickness. So, we, you know, we were confronted with quite a dilemma, uh, quite a, a problem from a clinical point of view. Mm-hmm. In, in that the child was injured so badly, she'd inhaled the fumes. Um, you know, um, it, it led to the next five and a half months of hospitalization. 
ICU care, uh, multiple organ failure from time to time, including the heart stopping, uh, needing kidney dialysis, mm. um, you know, ventilation and so on, and with, a, with a mechanical ventilator and so on. And, and she suffered many infections in that time. So the burns tended to become the secondary problem at times. Mm. Um, we were effectively a team of doctors, nurses, uh, and, and medical technology technologists all working together and, and hand in hand where we had to coordinate our efforts mm. in order to um, to help this little one. And uh, Alhamdulillah, eventually, uh, getting toward the end of that time, we found mm-hmm. ourselves where she was much healthier and now needing to have all her wounds covered. Um, mm. And it was quite a, a dilemma as to what we would use uh, mm. to cover her skin. And eventually we had settled on uh, something quite innovative, which was... Uh, you know, it had never been done before in Africa. Okay. And, um, you know, we, we had all knew, known about it in, in, in terms of the theory. Mm. Uh, and we knew it was something new, but nobody had ever tried it. Okay. But at that time, I don't think any member of the team realized what was to come because we we were all just acting on a basis of need and, and, and uh, a desperate sense of uh, trying to find a solution. Mm. And uh, the end, we used stem cell technology. Okay. Uh, effectively, what we call tissue culture, mm-hmm. uh, where we grew or we cloned um, the skin of this little one uh, mm-hmm. into sheets. Okay. Uh, and we had to do this in a laboratory in, in, in Boston in the United States. Mm-hmm. So we, we had to take two pieces of skin um, from uh, the unburned parts of our body, each one measuring two by six centimeters, okay. put it into a special kind of container and... Uh, and we sent the back, back to the lab, and there it was cultured into sheets, mm-hmm. uh, enough to cover the 80% of her body. Mm-hmm. And then it was flown back. Um, by that time, uh, I think much of the country had been reading about it. Uh, you know, we, we had uh, school kids, we yes, had indeed. domestic workers in the area, we had business executives, we had housewives, uh, we had just children from all backgrounds mm-hmm. coming to the hospital to show support for the little one. And, um, you know, none of us had realized just how well-known she was becoming, just, you know, just from her mother, kind of appealing to communities to mm-hmm. say, please help us, to, because my daughter's in a desperate situation. And it really began by her just asking people to pray for her little daughter who was in such a desperate um, situation. Subhanallah. So, yeah, alhamdulillah, it, you know, pe- we, had, we had lots of people watching, uh, mm. There was a you know a, a time pe- a period that we had to be very careful about um, in terms of getting her skin flown back to South Africa. Mm. Uh, there was only a window of about 24 hours in which that skin could survive. Mm. So it was coordinating the flights, coordinating the logistics of the skin getting to us and, uh, and onto the baby in time. Mm. And uh, alhamdulillah, we, we you know it took lots of preparation and rehearsals with the hospital staff and, and everyone involved. Uh, mm-hmm. And eventually, yeah, we, we got the skin on her and um, a, a bit of a nervous week after that, waiting to see if the skin would take on her, her body. Mm. And eventually that happened. And uh, I, I'm very happy to say that she's, you know, she's uh, uh, growing now and a lovely five and a half year old girl now who's, uh, who's doing very well. Allahu Akbar. Indeed, amazing, amazing. Just listening to that, uh, you know, that entire episode of, um, you know, this this great medical breakthrough in the African continent, subhanAllah, sends, sends um, you know, butterflies through my tummy. Um, subhanAllah, you know, doctor, 
generally Islamic Muslim leadership or leadership in general uh, is often accompanied by lots of stresses, compromises, especially in our careers, in our pathways, in our journey towards success. Um, could Dr. share with us some of your most memorable stresses and um, the manner in which you managed to handle with them as a means of lesson for our listeners of Voice of the Cape? Um, I think patience is something that's often uh, underestimated. Mm. Uh, the ability to, you know, sometimes uh, we have to uh, put the brakes on for ourselves. Yes, indeed. And, and, and we have to understand that mm. some things take time, especially when you're working with many other people, mm-hmm. lots of personalities involved, uh, lots of egos involved, and, and understanding is a big part of it, and patience certainly is, it comes into play where we have to allow people to express themselves, mm. express their point of view, and, and put out there that we're all there to work as a team and in collaboration with each other. And, and that way one can achieve uh, much more, where, where everyone's resources are pooled and, and people's strengths uh, mm. are all compounded together rather than fighting against each other. Most definitely. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, um, the other thing is, I, I, I think often, you know, there's, there's the... Um, discrepancy between leading from the front and leading from in the middle of the group yes. you know so uh you know some people uh, i think it's often cl- uh, classified as you're either a boss uh, mm. or you're a leader yes and, indeed. and so, so the leader mm. you know rolls up his sleeves and gets involved with everyone else whereas the mm. boss stands at the top and and, and and commands them to follow so i'd like to think of myself as somebody who uh, you know, who works as part of the team and, and, and often would be the one getting left behind in the <laughs> process. But yes. that, that's better to make sure that the task is achieved. Mm. Um, so often, yeah, that would be the, the case. Subhanallah, interesting indeed, being the leader from behind. Uh, subhanallah, I think uh, many different people, uh, you know, um, uh, envisage leadership to be different, different things, and it's 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 very relevant, uh, you know, in their lives in different manners, etc. Subhanallah, you know, I always think that there is a great distinction between a Muslim leader and an Islamic leader. You know, people in today's times we have lots of, um, you know, uh, a situation where there's conflict in many, many different fields, and uh, you know, the 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 ummah in general going through so much of turbulence. Inshallah, uh, for our young and bubbly uh, youth out there and for our um, you know our listeners of voice of the cape who would you regard as being the ideal leader you know i when i when i think about uh, muslims in south africa mm. uh, i think we we tend to we, we have a very good track record yes. um because of our nature mm. uh, generally um south african muslims have assimilated into the general community uh mm. we tend to be part of any relief efforts whenever there's a disaster or whenever there's people in need. Muslims tend to be at the forefront. And yes. uh, I must say, alhamdulillah, it, it, I feel so proud to be part of that uh, community. Uh, that, that, you know, we're always present whenever there are people in need. Mm. Uh, and, and their race and their culture and even their religion does, doesn't matter to us. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something that I hope that the youth of today uh, particularly our Muslim youth will pick up and, and continue uh, with force. Uh, mm. Because I think ultimately that is the example and that is the dawah we do when, when we all go to work yes. and we do the very best we can. Uh-huh. Um, I often say when I talk to younger doctors that never to underestimate the presentation that they give to their patients. Mm. Because ultimately, uh, when we are Muslim, 
we, we don't necessarily go out and say, uh, we are Muslim, so you should become Muslim as well. Mm. We, it, it's, it's more a matter of setting the example, presenting ourselves in a respectful manner and conducting ourselves in, in an admirable way that people will look up to um, our deen and they will see something beneficial in that. Um, mm. I often say to young doctors, dress properly when you go to work. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't mean you're on course, for example, that you can dress uh, inappropriately yes. or, you know, it may be comfortable to you, but mm. uh, remember your, your patients are looking to you for assistance, for help, mm. and they see you as, uh, as we say, a leader. They, they may well see you as that. Uh, someone who's br- who's come to bring them hope and 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 bring shifa to them, uh, you know, like using that person to 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 bring shifa to you. And, of course. Uh, so, dress appropriately, speak appropriately, uh, be professional, and mm-hmm. and always carry a respectful tone in your voice, in in your appearance. Mm. And I think that goes a long way, because you'll be surprised just how much that carries, uh, how much weight that carries. So um, I think just, you know, that we, we can be the best we can be in all our fields, whether we be doctors or whether we be electricians or plumbers or managers or it doesn't matter what, what profession we follow. Mm. If we are really good in our field and we set uh, a superb example of what can be, uh, I, think, I think that's enough and that, that, that carries so much of weight that it's often underestimated. Um, so I think in many ways that's the, that's the role we should play as, uh, as South Africans. And, uh, I often look up to somebody like Hashem Amla, and mm. I, I feel like, you know, he's somebody who his his hard work and ethic has got him, alhamdulillah, to be the captain of our of our cricket team. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and we see uh, we see amazing results uh, with his 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 ethic that mm. he gives to the rest of the team, and and I think sometimes you know that sort of um, uh, mentality has brought about much more uh, in terms of. Casting Islam in a good light, yes, and, and Muslims in a, in a, a favorable light, then mm. perhaps uh, a lot of us have done, you know, in our attempts to uh, perhaps extend uh, our deen to other people. Almost oh, definitely, Subhanallah. You know, uh, many people associate doctors with having uh, Greek signage because most of the things they don't understand, and Subhanallah becomes a mission for pharmacists to actually comprehend how important are. Uh, uh, you know, uh, oratory skills or speech skills, writing skills in terms of being a successful leader in whichever profession you find yourself? I think it speaks to uh, presentation again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and everything about you should be presented in a professional way. Mm-hmm. And um, it's true. Uh, many doctors in time, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, their handwriting does deteriorate the longer you spend at university, and you know you you get to you, you create your own shorthand with handwriting and so on. Yes, but indeed. I, I think lots of doctors tend to forget that you inspire more confidence in your patients when mm. they are uh, they have confidence in you, and so if they can understand your writing and your language, and you know you you put them at ease, and you have good bedside manner. Makes mm. a huge difference, and they, it increases their confidence in you as being someone who uh, perhaps is competent from a professional point of view. Most definitely, Subhanallah. That you know, indeed, amazing. Um, with regards to the amount of time you probably spend, uh, you know, with regards to writing and speaking, giving lectures, explaining, uh, you know, touch to students and younger doctors, etc. You know, there's one thing that I find uh, particularly 
of interest in the medical field is with regards to time management, time balance, and or rather the general balance in a in a medical professional's lifestyle. I mean, you know, given the uh, unexpectedness of of being on call or uh, you know having to be at hospital at a certain time, many people think that you know it's absolutely grueling and you don't actually have a life. Um, how would you perhaps you know you know describe to our listeners about striking the right balance? I think planning uh, forms a big part of it. Mm. Um, being able to plan a bit more long term. Yes, um, certainly. I, I think every one of us uh, in the medical profession, and I'm sure in, in, in many other professions, find ourselves getting caught up in the uh, in, in the rut. And mm. we, you know, you're so caught up in that rat race that you tend to lose focus. Mm. Uh, and you know, I think the idea is to plan a few months in advance. Always, maybe three to four months. We sit down, take stock of what you've done over the preceding few months mm-hmm. and try and evaluate how much time you've allocated to those things that are important. Right. Um, so I, I would always put family uh, right at the top, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then, uh, you know, f- a friend and community and yes. then and then your work. Um, and, 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 and then after that, those mm-hmm. activities which are related to work but may not necessarily be uh, uh, activities that you're remunerated for. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, Try to plan ahead and try to plan in each day and in each week how much, how many hours you've allocated to mm-hmm. each and try to make sure that your days are separated or filled with uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of time for each of those things. Um, and balance can be achieved very easily. You know, sometimes it's just a, a phone call to your parents. Mm. Uh, if you don't live with them, for example, yes. it can make a huge difference. Mm. And, and sometimes it just takes five or ten minutes in the middle of the day. Um, or, for example... Uh, you know, leaving your rooms or your or your hospital or offices just for a few minutes mm-hmm. either way uh, to pop into a shelter that you help out at or an orphanage or perhaps to, um, you know, a home that you you, you are involved in, in in terms of frail care or burns care or etc. Children, mm-hmm. for example. Um, and it doesn't take very long and, and a lot can be achieved from doing a little bit each day or a mm-hmm. little bit each week. Um, what I tend to do is keep a, a half a half day uh, at least in the middle of the week free, okay. and then I tend to look at at least uh, one day over the weekend that I'll keep free, uh, unless I'm on call. And if I know I'm on on call, then mm-hmm. I tend to keep that free. And and if you know if there's no work in that time, then it's a bonus. Mm-hmm. And if there is work, then you know alhamdulillah, I, I will have left time the following week or the preceding week. Uh, to make time for that. So I think planning is essential. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it does seem pedantic and it does seem sometimes a waste of time, but mm-hmm. eventually it isn't a waste of time. It does help to, to put it down on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all carry iPads these days. And, yes, and yes. So on. Um, mm-hmm. To set ourselves reminders, uh, it's, it's not the end of the world and it's, uh, it's much more easily done than we you know, often give ourselves credit for. Mm, subhanallah. Yes, indeed. Time management, Planning, everything essential to being part of, you know, a successful uh, professional or in whichever field you find yourself in. Subhanallah. Now let's put doctor into the roast seat. Um, you know, the favorite segment of mine of the last two or three minutes. Um, what does doctor find himself doing when he's not uh, busy operating or advising younger doctors or doing some community outreach work, something that, you know, uh, is really dear to you, you take as part of a hobby and you, um, you know, you, you extend yourself to? Um, I actually enjoy reading, um, mm. uh, particularly uh, about history and social issues. 
Okay. Um, I do have a, I do have an interest in Islamic history, mm-hmm. uh, and I spend a bit of time reading as as far and as widely as I can in those fields. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also uh, been teaching myself a little bit of Arabic. MashaAllah. We, mm-hmm. we can never know enough of our of the language of our Holy Quran. Most um, definitely. So, been trying a little bit of that. Um, mm. I also try to keep as fit as I can. So I go to the gym. Uh, I often go immediately after Fajr Salah before work. I tend to go to the gym mm. uh, in, in the weekdays and often once at least on the weekend. Mashallah. So that, that helps a lot. Um, I enjoy walking and running, mm. uh, cycling, swimming, uh, you know, and horse riding. Oh, mashallah. Uh, Interesting. Things that, mm. Yeah, it, it, I think it tends to broaden one's horizons, gives you the time to think. And keeps mm. you fit uh, uh, physically, mm. um, uh, which I think is very important. I think it's absolutely essential, especially people in stressful work environments. We need to make time to uh, balance our bodies. Mm. Subhanallah, indeed, indeed. Balance the body, fitness, everything essential to our daily uh, successful workout. Um, Doctor, inshallah, our final question for you this evening. Um, uh, with regards to, you know, when I analyze your name and I look at all these, mashallah, these, uh, these nice little acronyms, which uh, up to now I still don't usually understand or know. Most of us don't, you know, there's FCP and many of those things like that. <laughs> I think you've probably achieved maximum or almost maximum of, uh, you know, what you'd like to accomplish. Um, what would you perhaps uh, share with us with regards to your future plans? Any interest, interesting research that you might find yourself in, in uh, perhaps the next year or so, etc.? Um, well, at the moment, I do. Um, we try a, a lot of uh, research in the field of wound healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always been uh, focused in that area, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of my research with the university as well okay. has been in, the, um, in terms of use of collagen uh, to try and get wounds to close faster and heal faster and mm-hmm. prevent infection faster. So, um, you know. I, I'm continuing that work at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stem cell research is ongoing as well. Um, in terms of trying to make it more affordable mm-hmm. and more accessible, especially in our South African context, where we have many people mm-hmm. who have the need to, um, you know, to have, uh, for example, skin cells cloned if they're burnt or have other injuries. Okay. Um, and I think in time to come, inshallah, I'd really love to be part of that. Uh, you know that particular field, which, mm. which is called tissue engineering. Okay. Where, you know, maybe looking fifty years ahead or so on, mm. uh, we, we we have the idea of uh, being able to clone a body organ um, outside one's body and then and then transplant it into your body without having the need to have uh, allo transplantation and other transplantation from other uh, from another human being, mm. uh, but rather you can you would be able to copy your own organs outside and then return them to your body even when you needed them so that you can prolong and improve life. Interesting, inspirational, subhanallah, subhanallah. We really look forward to, uh, uh, you know, analyzing or reading up more of your future research and endeavors, inshallah. When you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you complete success in anything um, that you wish for in your um, career, in the medical field, inshallah, for the benefit of, and the upliftment of the ummah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Dr. Ridwan Mia, jazakallah khair so much to you for availing yourself and inspiring us today on Born to Serve. It's been a pleasure. I mean, inshallah, you keep on and take care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. That was Dr. Ridwan Mia, inshallah. Respected listeners, we will go for an ad break and we will come.